Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. Time for another episode. Let's do it. Another episode of Real Personal Finance. What do we got today? Uh, Let's geek out on the 10 hidden costs of buying a home. Hidden costs? Yeah, they're not really hidden. I thought all I did was paid back my mortgage. Yeah, they are not hidden at all. But um, but we just want to walk you guys through things to think about um, when you're buying a house, especially mm-hmm. for anyone who might be doing a first-time home buying. Because mm-hmm. um, going from paying rent and some utility bills to ca- taking on all of the costs of maintaining a home, it adds up. So we just want to make sure you guys understand what's headed your way. Yeah, and like you said, some of these are not – most of these are not hidden. There's more maybe additional costs, but people do need to keep them in mind, and some maybe you, you don't think about. So let's go through these. Pretty pretty straightforward, but what's the first one? So obviously, we have the cost of paying for a home, which is the cash you put down and then the, the mortgage that you're paying back. Yep. But other than that, what's the first hidden or uh, additional cost we want to look at? Yeah. So the first one is um, uh, you can't avoid it. Uh, it's just like death. Taxes. Mm. Specifically, property taxes. Mm. Um, you get to pay them. Yep. And how are property taxes calculated? What does that look like? So it's going to depend on where you live. Like here in San Diego, um, the easy estimate is just to say 1.1% of the value of your home. So you buy a $500,000 home, you're going to pay $5,500 per year, more or less in property taxes. Yeah, we'll get into some things that might get added onto that down the list. But yep, absolutely. That's that's a good way to look at it. Okay, awesome. So property taxes. Now that seems like it can add up. One yes. 1% on a large number, mm-hmm. that can get expensive. When you really, start looking at million and north, really even before that. Really expensive really fast. And that, that property tax number also doesn't stay fixed, right? So like if you and Ashlyn go buy a house... Uh, and you lock in an amazing rate right now, right now of three percent on your on your mortgage payment. That mortgage payment is going to stay the same for thirty years if you get a thirty year fixed rate mortgage. Right in San Diego and in California, your property taxes can go up by two percent per year. Mm-hmm. So that not only it can be a large number to begin with, it can continue to grow. Yeah, yeah. So you you know you hope your house appreciates over time, but with that also goes the property taxes that yep. will appreciate over time as well. So, okay. So property taxes, that can be a big one, oftentimes the biggest one, uh, depending upon the year, in addition to your mortgage payment. What else? What can other be? What else is another additional expense? Uh, just closing costs for yeah. closing on the house itself. So there's just all these little things that you get. It almost seems like nickel and dime for when you look at the HUD statement, mm-hmm. which will be a closing statement. They have to send, you, know, you have to get that ahead of time to know what you're getting charged. Um, Anytime you can, you want to keep your closing costs as low as possible, uh, mm-hmm. which sometimes can be negotiated or you can get credits to, through other like mortgage lenders and things like that. Um, but things that could be in there would be like the cost of inspecting the house and you know recording costs for when the property changes names and appraisal fees and document fees and surveillance fees and title co- like title costs and the percent, the brokerage charges are gonna gonna obviously be in there now. Who bears these costs? Um, 
typically the seller will bear the costs of the the brokerage commissions mm-hmm. more so than the buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but home warranty things like that are going to be in there. So there's lots of little costs that are just built into to buying a house that you don't really think about. Yeah, and and thankfully these costs are for the most part, one-time costs, but they, they can be expensive as you're paying for that home, or they can add up, I should say. When you're paying for that home, it's not, again, just what's your monthly payment going to be. It's what are these other costs involved with either selling or buying your next home. Yep. Uh, and then the next thing, if, if you've never bought a house before, when you do go buy a house and, and you, you have your, uh, your offer accepted, you're going to send over what's called um, earnest money. And it's kind of like a security deposit. Um, you put down up front before you um, before you go through the process of looking deeply at buying the house, um, and so long as there's a there's a period of time there where you can potentially get that earnest money back if something uh, isn't to your liking for the house. Um, but if you lift contingencies, that earnest money goes to the to the seller. Um, but it is a cost that you don't really if you don't never bought a house, you're not going to think about. Right. And and what does that usually look like for earnest money? Is there a range of what people can expect to pay, or is it fairly broad? You know, it's been so long since I bought my house, I don't remember what the percentage is, but I remember it being fairly small mm-hmm. um, in percentage terms, like single-digit percentage terms. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, Actually, it's a good follow-up question. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, maybe if, if several hundred, a few thousand dollars, potentially, for, for that cost, maybe more. But Yeah, actually, we're... we're while we're looking at the next one, I'll just look at what the average earnest money uh, definition is because I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's usually 1% to 3% of the sale price in California. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. So that's earnest money. That's that's one of the hidden costs. The next is just the cost of paying for the escrow, so cost number four. And that's in addition to when you get a mortgage, paying, proper, or, or paying principal and interest back to the bank that you took the mortgage from. Oftentimes, there will also be an escrow account that you either pay with the mortgage or separately. And escrows things like property taxes and home insurance, mm-hmm. homeowners insurance. And so, uh, sometimes you're paying part of that escrow balance up front to make sure that the lender has that and make sure it's in that separate escrow account. And you have to come up with the funds ahead of time to make sure that you can add that to your escrow balance. Yeah, and you know, the, uh, escrows can be a kind of a nice thing, especially if you have if you don't want to deal with big big bills. Um, if, if you'd rather pay a little bit along the way and be okay, escrow can be a great way to pay your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance. Yeah, definitely. And, and that ties into number five, which is homeowner's insurance. So there's the upfront escrow. If you might need to put a, a specific amount in to cover property taxes and insurance upfront. But then on an ongoing basis, you're going to have homeowner's insurance. And this is something that's many times included in your monthly mortgage payment, like Scott, like you're saying. Uh, other times you can choose to pay it separately, but it is an ongoing expense in addition to the mortgage payment. Yeah, and uh, if you've never owned a home before, don't skimp on your homeowner's insurance. <laughs> Make sure you have good liability coverage. Uh, if you live in an earthquake zone, look at earthquake. I think we've done an episode on property and casualty insurance. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think so. We've mentioned it in a few episodes, but I'm not sure that we've done one specifically well, on it. there's a future episode. Okay, cool. So, yeah, just um, make sure you get good quality coverage when you do that. Uh, okay, so earlier I'd mentioned property taxes in San Diego County are around 1.1%. But wait, there's more. Um, there can be other types of taxes that are built into your property taxes. Um, just broadly speaking, you can see different school districts having, you could kind of put in quotes, school taxes. So maybe um, like in our, in our county, for instance, or in our school district specifically, in Cardiff, we passed a resolution a couple of years ago to raise bond money 
to build rebuild our school. Well, mm-hmm. the people of our community have to pay for that. So mm-hmm. that's paid for through our property taxes. So our property tax numbers went up a little bit. Right. Um, there's also a common thing in, in San Diego County called Melarus, mm-hmm. um, which basically means it's kind of similar. Like you, they wanted to build out new master plan communities, so they needed all this money to put infrastructure in. So they went and basically raised a bunch of money to go pay for that with bond measures, and then the property owners need to pay that back. Yeah. So look for those things when you're purchasing a house. Those those can be hidden expenses, which can become costly, especially Melarus. Yep. Yeah, and like you said, it's usually added on to the property tax, but if a school sells bonds or a district sells bonds to raise money to build a school or uh, make some improvements to a school or whatever it might be, that's, that's that cost. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and then cost number seven, interest rates. And this is just built into the mortgage. When you go and apply for a mortgage and the bank tells you what your mortgage payment would be, part of that is principal. So that's just paying back the money you borrowed, and, and a part of that is interest. And for the first few years of your mortgage, the majority or a significant amount of what you're paying is oftentimes interest. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the cost of borrowing so that you can get into the home. But when you actually look at the lifetime payments, if let's say that you get a 30-year mortgage and you get some interest rate and you pay that off over the course of the 30 years, more often than not, you end up paying more interest to the bank than you do actual principal. So not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but just be cognizant of that. And that's a, a good reason to make sure that you do have the best credit score possible and get, get the lowest interest rate possible because that will help to keep your interest payments down as low as possible. Yeah, and the less you're paying in interest, the the lower the overall cost to purchase that home will be. Yes. So uh, if you want a to-do today and you're looking at buying a house, go listen to episode 29, How to Maintain a Good Credit Score and Why It Matters, because this is one of the most important reasons of why it matters. Mm-hmm. An extra quarter percent on a, on a loan balance that's hundreds of thousands of dollars really adds up. So if you can, um, if you can keep it as low as possible, that's great. Yes. What's the next cost? So that was number seven, interest rates. Mm-hmm. What's, what's number eight? Uh, just the cost of moving. Yeah, it can really be expensive. It, but it's expensive. Yes. The cost of moving, whether that's renting a U-Haul, whether that's paying movers, whether that's you moved into the new place and, and you hate how your furniture looks in the new place and you got to get new stuff, um, there's all, car, all kinds of costs associated with that. So um, the, the more often you move, the more often you're paying moving costs, and that, that can add up to several hundred to a few thousand dollars or more each time that you move. So or you can just ask James to help you move. Or you can ask me, and, yeah. and my rates will be, well, It'll be a workout I'm not a great for mover. you. That's you right. Just, it'll be practic- the deadlifting, everything. It'll be great. <laughs> the moving financial planners. Mm-hmm. We got it. Done. Um, okay, so another thing to think about, especially when you're maybe you're going from a smaller place to a larger place, is just the, the cost of keeping the house going, so your utilities. Um, it's nice to get an estimate ahead of time for what the utility bills were at the property before you move in, so you mm-hmm. have a sense of this. Yeah. Yeah, or if you're going from renting to buying, sometimes when you rent a place certain utilities are covered water might be covered or electric might be covered or certain utilities might be covered and all of a sudden right. you go buy a place and you realize there's these additional bills that you're paying each month those can add up so understand what that's going to look like and like you're saying scott see if you can get a, a sense of the average what that's going to be going uh, ahead of time but that is things like electricity gas sewer water cable internet uh those are all things you want to take into account as you're looking at the overall cost of the monthly cost to own a place yep absolutely um, okay, and then the final thing um, that I would think of as a hidden cost would be home repairs and maintenance. Yeah. 
And it's honestly something that people don't really think about when they're buying a house. Yeah. It's not. And it's, you know, people look at, they ask the question, can I afford a house? And all they're really looking at in many cases is just what's my monthly mortgage payment. Right. And they say, can I afford the mortgage payment? And that's a good starting point. But home maintenance and repairs can really add up. Yeah. And the mo- especially if you're going from being a renter and you've never owned a home before, um, you know, because even if you're in a condo and you're in an, and you have HOA fees, HOA fees are kind of supporting a lot of the maintenance that's probably happening on the exterior, yep. obviously, of the building. Yep. Um, for that and keeping up the grounds and doing all those things. But the moment you own a single, you know, a, deta- a detached single family home, it's all on you. Yeah. So when that happens, um, I think a, a safe assumption is just to assume one percent of the value of your home mm-hmm. you're going to spend per year on maintaining the house and there and you might hear that and be like well if i buy a million dollar house it's really gonna be ten thousand dollars a year and it's like well um some years yes some years no but it's mm-hmm. probably gonna average out to be that especially if you decide to do home improvements along the way yep. as well it just makes it a safe assumption yeah um so that you're okay and that's the hard part is it's not a fixed monthly expense so it becomes hard to plan sometimes yeah. you know you might need to replace a roof every seven eight years well Hopefully not. That's every like twenty or thirty. I'm sorry on a ha- on a roof. And, and and looking at that, you're you're like okay, that's no money out of pocket that you're paying for most of those years, and also it's one big expense. Yeah. And so it's like okay, how do you how do you think about what big expenses are coming up, and then how do you plan for those? Ideally, not necessarily on a monthly basis, but put some money aside. Right to to so, prepare for those one off expenses, and the answer is listen to the episode. Budgeting sucks. Do this instead. And in, mm-hmm. di- in the dynamic buckets, when you buy a house, have a home maintenance account that you save one percent per year yeah. for that house. And and Great. if you build up a huge buffer, cool, go spend it on something else. But if not, you'll have it there for when you need it. But you know, um, I think those any other big costs to think about. Other than these 10 or in the home maintenance bucket? No, and just big picture. No, it, obviously the principal that you're paying back, but that's that's those are the main 10, I would say. Or those are – it's a good, uh, good starting point. Very yep. thorough. And, you know, the, I think the, for, for, for you guys at home listening to this, I think there's a couple of key takeaways. One is um, if, you were to, if you were looking at purchasing a house right now, um, take your rent amount that you're paying or whatever you're paying current – maybe you're thinking about upscaling a house – or doing something like, or moving from a condo to a house or, you know, whatever you think, whatever the move is you're thinking about doing, look at the underlying monthly bill that you're paying now. So if you're renting, maybe you're renting and it's $3,000 a month, make that your baseline number and then go look at, well, what are we going to go? What's our new mortgage amount going to be and put that in and then add in what are my property taxes going to be and put that in and then go add in, um, what's my homeowner's insurance going to be? Mm-hmm. Add that in. And right, property taxes are going to include that thing like school taxes and Melarus and if there's HOAs in your community, make those all one big amount and compare it to the amount you're paying today. Yep. And that's just what it's going to, how it's going to feel different um, when you make the move, cash flow wise. And then on top of that, get a sense for what the change in your utility bills are going to be, mm-hmm. right? And then also get a sense of that 1% type number or if you want to be more aggressive or less aggressive, you can change it for home maintenance, Right. And then look at the difference between the two and look at what you're going to do with that excess cash. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, take, if you're increasing, if I'm going from 3000 a month to 4500 a month, how am I going to, what's going to happen to the $1,500 in the rest of my budget? Yeah. So that I make this work. Yeah. Where's it going to come from? Yeah. Uh, then from there, you're going to have just the one-time costs, right? Which the one-time costs are really going to be the closing costs and the earnest money and, you know, all this. Moving costs. Escrow and moving. That's great. 
the biggest driver is going to be if your credit score is not um, like in the highest of scores, um, what can you do to improve upon that to help yeah. drive down the cost of financing? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of thinking about all this. How do you tie all these things together to compare if you are going to make a purchase or upsize? How do you plan ahead of time to see if you're on track to be able to do that comfortably and not, not feel like you uh, bit off more home than you can chew? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to episode number 62 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer on a future episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.